And welcome everybody, this is the Dynasty Rewind, the game outside the game. I'm your host Michael Bauer, joining me today from Canton, Ohio is Garrett Price. How you doing Garrett? I'm doing good, how you doing buddy? I'm pretty good. And all the way from Arizona, Shevin Nooney. How are you Shevin? Doing great, how's it going for you guys? Good, good. Uh, so Garrett, I, and uh, Shevin, we did a podcast before. We were the Rust Belt Dynasty podcast. We kind of uh, retooled ourselves. We are the Dynasty Rewind now. So, you know, we're forward thinking, but we also like to pay a little homage to the past, uh, both in fantasy and in the NFL. So that's what we're going to be focusing on here. Uh, As for news, really the big news is um, the NFL draft. So what do you guys think about this? What's the most important part of the fantasy season? Is it in season? Is it playoffs or if you're in dynasty, is it the draft? Because now all these guys that we've been studying they have a home, so that's pretty important. What do you guys think? I, I think if if you give too much credence to any one part, you're you're gonna fall short. So I think they all need to make sure that they have their their equal weight of importance. Um, but if you had to pick one, like gun to my head, I don't have an option. Mike's gonna shoot me because he's crazy. And I have to pick one. <laughs> I am, uh, yes. Uh, then, then it probably would be the draft slash offseason because that's when you're going to be able to take advantage of all the movement that's going on. You have the draft that's happening, so you find out where all these players land, all of that type of stuff. You have free agency that happens, and so you find new landing spots for these veterans. But on top of that, if you can get ahead of the curve on, man, I think this guy's going to be drafted higher than most, so I'm going to trade up to this pick so that I can get him or I want to make sure that I get out from underneath this guy because I think they're going to bring in a rookie and his value is going to be gone or you know these types of things if you can do those moves now you can gain the most ground in the offseason as opposed to during the season. Shevin what do you think about that should we be balanced or do you value the draft higher than other things everybody plays dynasty a little bit differently. Yeah for me I definitely value the draft uh probably the highest on the list but also you, I love working the waiver wire as well uh, you can also get guys for cheap uh, but weeks earlier before players get injured or b- before players break out so I think that's definitely one of my favorite things about the dynasty uh, just with fab and all that good stuff now that I've been learning uh, but definitely the draft I can remember uh, just waiting on Patrick Mahomes to just blow up and then once Alex Smith uh, got traded I was so excited when I had Mahomes on my bench so Definitely, there's a lot of excitement in the free agency and the draft. I love it. So, you know, speaking of that, I got a question for you guys looking back. Um, There was a trade that happened in my main league, or home league as people call it. Uh, Somebody offered Deshaun Watson and a 2021st for Patrick Mahomes. That trade got accepted. I offered Carson Wentz and a 2021st, and that got declined. Personally, I think the guy that was offering Watson is kind of a bully. And if you're listening, you know who you are. But what do you guys think about those Uh-oh. those two trades right there? <laughs> yeah, for me, I definitely like Deshaun Watson's potential more than Carson Wentz. Uh, Hold just... on, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to mute your microphone right now. I can't do it. So go ahead, Shevin, <laughs> go ahead and finish. <laughs> no, but for me, I definitely I like the Deshaun Watson side a little more. I just like the, the assets that... Uh, Houston has a round with Hopkins, and then also uh, you're going to get Will Fuller back this season and Kute, Kute or whatever his name is. Uh, I think that's going to be a, 
a big commodity for him, and then 2021st to just go along with that, I think, is a, a big asset to have. Unless it's super flex, then definitely going to be a little different. Garrett, what do you think? Mike, I'm sorry, bro, but I got to take Watson as well. Um, I think I think Watson is uh, – they both they both carry injury risk. That's something you're, you have to be worried about with both of those guys. But um, I, I I love the 2020 class. If I can if I can use uh, Mahomes to get in there, even though I, I absolutely love Mahomes, his value has dipped a little bit with the uh, the Tyreek Hill news, um, and who knows what's going to happen? It's gone up and down. It looks like he's going to play. It looks like he's not going to play. It looks like he's going to play. So we don't know. Um, so that that takes a little bit of a, a potential hit there, depending on how everything shakes out. Uh, but yeah, if I have to if I have to take a side, I'm I'm taking the Watson side. I think he's uh, the the better fantasy asset. I think he can win inside the pocket, but he's a, a great athlete that's going to get you some running uh, points as well. So I'm I'm sorry. I love I love the Eagles and I love some of their new assets, but I'm still taking Watson. Well, that's okay. You guys are entitled to your opinion. Uh, maybe sometimes Deshaun Watson can come over and polish Carson Wentz's Super Bowl ring. Uh, but oh, that, that he earned, right? So, well, hey, he was going <laughs> to be Nick the NFL Foles's Super Bowl be, ring. Look. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to hear it. They won. Okay? It says right here on the whiteboard, Super Bowl 52 champs. I told my wife, don't erase it or you're out. Uh, But that being said, thank you for bringing up Tyreek Hill. Will he play? Won't he play? All I'm going to say is this. This is my opinion. He shouldn't. You know, what Michael Vick did back in the day was terrible. And as an Eagles fan, I didn't even want him at first. Did he redeem himself? Who cares? That's in the past. Tyreek Hill did this to a kid. And you know what, Tyreek, if you're listening, which you aren't, whatever, if you want to hit somebody, why don't you come to Northampton, Pennsylvania and try to hit me? See what happens. <laughs> Pick on somebody your own size. A man does not hit a child like that. There's a difference between discipline and being a thug. You, sir, are a thug. And if you have a problem, come see me on Washington Avenue. That being said, it's time for a price check. We don't have any sound effects yet, but so let's imagine like a self-checkout, you know, like boop, boop, boop. So uh, Garrett is going to take a moment and give us uh, some good rookie values. One, two, however however many you want to do, Garrett. Go ahead. All right. So I am actually using some ADP data uh, that was put together by by my good friend, uh, Jared Wackerly. He's on Twitter um, at, what is it? It used to be Fantasy Jimbo. And I want it to still be Fantasy Jimbo, but he changed it up. I think it's... Uh, it's Isn't it just at JWAC now? I, I think thought. so. Or he might have an FF in there. I don't know. Go to my page. I follow him. I, tweet it. I retweet his stuff all the time. I but think either I'm going to check right now for you. Yeah, check right now and, and put it on there because he, he, deserves, he deserves the credit for this hard work that he's put in. But he's looked at a, a bunch. I, I don't know how many he's looked at. Probably 20, 30, 40 uh, different rookie mocks that he... Or not mocks, but actual rookie drafts that he's gotten. And he's put into this tool that way it gives you the ADP of all of these rookies right now. And so looking through it, the biggest one that is disgusting to me is they have Ryquel Armstead, the newly drafted running back to the Jacksonville Jaguars at an ADP overall of 49, 49. Now Are we talking in a dynasty startup or just no, or this, this is only rookies. This is just rookies 49. Now, I get that there there are some concerns about him, but to me, he should be in a very similar range as the uh, the the Damian Harris's, uh, the Justice Hills, 
the Daryl Hendersons, the Alexander Madisons, like all of those guys that are high upside handcuffs, he should be in that range. You want to put him in the back of that group? Sure, that's fine. I have no issue with that. But at this point, we have no idea when the next injury is going to come for Fournette, the next suspension is going to come for Fournette. So I am jumping on that all day. If I can get him, even if I have to look like I'm reaching at the beginning of the third round to get him, I will do that all day. Um, so that was one that really seemed like it was just just way out of whack to me. Um, that was the biggest one that I had issue with. Once again, of course, he's my boy, so I have to highlight him. Alexander Madison was at 33. That you told me you weren't going to talk well. about him. <laughs> I know. I wasn't going to, but, you know, it's like this, Mike. When, when someone has stolen your heart the way that Alexander Madison has stolen my heart, as soon as you put another name on your lips, it just feels wrong. And so I had to make sure I put his name back on my lips. That's what, that's what had to happen. I got to say, for everybody listening, uh, Garrett is absolutely right about Madison. I watched film on him, and he, like Armstead, I think they're in a really great spot. Uh, they're behind guys that seem to be injury-prone, uh, and in Fournette's case, he just can't seem to get his head on straight. I don't agree with the ADP on Armstead either. I've been taking him third, fourth round in rookie drafts because I feel like, is he a rookie? Yeah. Is he going to start two or three games for me this year? Probably. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, Shevin, what do you think? Do you got anybody you want to add to the price check while we're here? Uh, I don't have anybody for the price check, but just uh, going on what you guys are talking about, Armstead definitely could uh, definitely get three to four starts this season just depending on injuries with Fournette and also just just him being a knucklehead. You never know what's going to happen with that guy. Uh, then also with Madison, I mean, I just drafted Dalvin Cook uh, in one of our leagues that we're all in together and definitely going to try to get him before you guys get to that back round. So uh, definitely definitely look for him to possibly get some uh, playing time that, that he deserves. Definitely he's a great talent. Well, Shevin, I'm glad that you brought that up. I actually drafted Alexander Madison in one league too. Garrett, would you like to touch on why I drafted him? You know what? This was just <laughs> this was just like, you know, your crazy ex-girlfriend that just like wanted to get back at you just because. Like that's that's basically what happened. So I drafted uh JJ Arcega Whiteside, who at the receiver position has been my man crush, right? So mm-hmm. I drafted him. This is true. Mike all of a sudden thinks he's entitled to JJ Arcega Whiteside now that he's an Eagle. And so he messages me and he's like, I can't believe that you drafted him. Oh, yeah? Since you did that, watch what happens. Boom. And he drafts Alexander Madison just oh. to spite me. So we had some words and he's lucky he stayed away or he might have caught some hands. <laughs> what street were you on again, Mike? That's right. Yeah, give me, give me that Washington full address, Avenue. Mike. It, no, no. Listen, the full address isn't coming out. Tyreek only gets the full address. <laughs> but also, don't. Don't punch me in the chest. I'm brittle. Um, Well, Garrett, we can work out a trade later on. That draft is still ongoing, and um, it is also bringing a new definition to slow draft, if I may say. It is pretty slow. Uh, So what we're going to do, we're going to do a draft. It's going to be a lot quicker. We're just going to do one round. Uh, We're going to redo the first round of this year. Garrett and I had done this previously before Shevin was with us. So let's go ahead and do it again. Let me 
flip back here. So we're going to go in this order. Garrett, you're going to go first because uh, you are the resident Browns fan here. So, Shevin, you're going to go second, and I will bring up the rear. Uh, so, Garrett, why don't you lead us off with round one? So, I am still in the same spot. I, I believe, I don't know, maybe, I think you're, are you going to read back our, our rookie mock from last time at some point? Well, if, I, if I would have turned the page fast enough, I would have seen it right here. So, yes, I will. Um, yeah, re- previous- read it off because I think I have the same first pick, but I can't remember who I took. Our, uh, our hosting skills. I got to work on that. I apologize. So <laughs> one through ta- one through 12, I'm sorry. And I should say this is non-superflex, not tight end premium, uh, it's just half point PPR. Uh, what we have here is Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Hakeem Butler, T.J. Hawkinson, David Montgomery, Kelvin Harmon, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Rodney Anderson, Alexander Madison, and Darrell Henderson. That was one through twelve. Uh, okay, so I mind. do I do have a new one one then. I okay, cheated. and that that was before um, anybody had right. a landing spot. What's that? That was before anybody had a landing spot in the draft too. Correct. So. Yeah, that was pre-draft. So um, my top two guys are um, still up there. Uh, however, I have now put Josh Jacobs as my one one. Um, there's a couple different reasons for this. One, even though I do love Nikhil Harry. I do love that he went to New England. I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk as everybody wants to make it out to be. Yes, it's a good landing spot. Yes, Bill Belichick is brilliant, and Tom Brady is still a good quarterback. However, there are a few concerns. Um, Tom Brady is is not looking to throw it deep as much anymore. Can he still do it? I'm sure he can. Um, but that is not as much as game anymore. And so I don't know how many of those deep targets Nikhil Harry is going to get. Plus, the, the New England offense is not an easy offense to uh, wrap your head around. There is a lot of nuance to what they do. And so it's going to take some time um, for him to get acclimated to it. The other part of this is um, I've moved Josh Jacobs to 1-1 partly because of the lack of running back depth in this class. You have basically three guys that have a clear path to being a starter either early on or day one, which I think all three of those guys will probably be the day one starter. Um, and so it kind of came down to who do I like out of that group? And Josh Jacobs has been the guy that I've liked from day one. He was the only one drafted in the first round uh, of the NFL draft. He's got um, all the opportunity in the world. Uh, they just had to re-sign um, Doug Martin because Isaiah Crowell tore his ACL or uh, his Achilles or something like that. So I'm not worried about Doug Martin in the least. And so I think it's going to be a great landing spot, an offense that's going to utilize him. And I think he's a superior talent. And so he would be my 1-1. I like it. Shevin, who do you have for 1-2? No shocker. I'm a big Bears fan. So I'm going to go with David Montgomery. I just okay. love I just love exactly what he brings to the table. Kind of reminds me of Kareem Hunt and – uh, Nagy already coached Cream Hunt his first season in the NFL, so I believe he can be that third down or three down back uh, that Cream Hunt was. Uh, definitely, Tariq's going to cut into that volume, uh, but I still think David Montgomery is going to get uh, a lot of these a lot of these touches. I think he's going to get at least 20 touches a game. I think he's going to do uh, great work. He's also very good in pass protection too, so he's a guy that can just be on the field uh, the whole game. Uh, but Tariq Cohen is going to take some targets from him so but I really do love David Montgomery I love this the landing spot for him uh, definitely super excited to see what he brings to the Bears this season 
Now, a lot of people might say that that would be a stretch um, and kind of a homer pick for you, but um, you know, obviously, you're a guy who you're a Bears fan. You study your team, so you know their nuances. So, I don't think it could be as much of a stretch mm-hmm. as people think. And you know what? I think what a lot of people seem to forget too is we're drafting rookies here. Unless you're talking about Saquon Barkley, you're not going to get that immediate production. So people should be a little more patient. Um, So if I'm on the clock next, I'm going to go running back too. I'm going to take another homer pick, um, Miles Sanders. I was surprised when the Eagles took him. I was happy. Uh, Hopefully this doesn't turn out like last time they took a Penn State running back, which was... I don't remember the year, but it was Tony Hunt, and I believe that was a third-round pick. Uh, they tried to make him play fullback, if I remember correctly. It was it was bad. Uh, but everyone says they do running back by committee. Yeah, they did, because they had to. Do you really want Wendell Smallwood to be your lead back? Uh, Josh Adams was an undrafted rookie free agent. JHIE is awful. LeGarrette Blunt is gone. Corey Clement has been injured off and on. So we finally have a guy who could be an actual three down back for them. So I like Miles Sanders at three. People don't like the landing spot, which means that you should go out and get him higher in your rookie draft. So that brings us to one four and Garrett, you are back up. All right. So ignore everything I just said bad about Nikhil Harry. He is the best receiver (laughs) of all time. He's going to be, no. Um, yeah, like I said, there are some concerns, but I do think for me there is a tiered system at, at receiver, and the only one in the first tier, tier is Nikhil Harry. Um, if you're going on pure upside, he's got tons of it. Um, he runs uh, pretty good routes. They're not they're not great, but he runs pretty good routes. Um, he the, the biggest concern with him is he doesn't separate like some of the other receivers in the class do, but boy is he physical, and his yards after the catch, his ability – to be able to make moves and go and get up field um, are just beautiful. So if, if I want somebody to catch a bubble screen and go, he's my guy. If I want somebody to do a contested catch in the end zone, uh, he's my guy. So I, as much as I'm a little concerned with a couple of the things in his game, which has elevated Josh Jacobs a little bit, he would still be my, my 102. So to get him at 104, I'm pretty happy about it. Gary, let me ask you this then. Um, so Nikhil Harry, he's going to kind of come in, and I know Edelman's the guy. He's a slot guy. So Nikhil's going to come in. He's going to be a, more of an, I would imagine, New England putting him on the outside. And like you said, he could do the bubble screens. Do you think he's going to be as successful as a guy like Paris Campbell with Indianapolis, who he could kind of come in, play the slot, play outside, not going to have as much pressure because he has – a a guy like T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, they have about 400 tight ends on the roster. So do you think maybe lowering the expectations mentally could mean that a guy like Paris Campbell could have a better season than to kill Harry? So for what your intention was with the question, I agree. Um, I do think that there are some players that could potentially have a better first season than Nikhil Harry. So I'm not saying that he is necessarily the 1-1 because of 2019. Uh, But I think overall his potential and being in that system, I think he could be very good. That being said, I actually am not nearly as high on Paris Campbell as other people. I still have him in the first round. However, uh, I got to watch him a lot playing at Ohio State. Um, I love love the kid, but he is not a super polished football player. 
Um, he's very, very fast, um, and he can do a lot of things well, uh, but he is more of an athlete at this point in his career than he is a wide receiver. So we will see what happens with him. I, I love the potential, and could he absolutely blow up for sure? Uh, there's just a, there's there's more risk than I think people realize uh, with with Paris Campbell. So I don't want to knock him down too far. I do think he's a good player. Um, I'd be more than willing to take him, you know, around 10, 11, 12. Um, but I've, I've I keep seeing him scooch up into the four, five, six range, and I just I can't do that personally. Okay, well it's it's fair enough. It's just uh, something I was thinking about, and I know I kind of contradicted myself asking about better this year and i did say that you had to be patient on rookies but that's something where if you don't have anybody meeting your team needs when you're drafting maybe you just take best available and then flip him the next year for picks or players that could help your team in the future so it's just another kind of strategic way to think about playing dynasty sure uh Mm -hmm. so we're gonna go to the one five and shevin that would be you yeah so at one five uh, i'm gonna go with debo samuel I uh, love his landing oh, spot going to the 49ers. I uh, really love that Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to have another target uh, onto that list. You got Pettis, uh, you got Kittle, and now you get to throw in uh, Debo Samuel as well into that mix. And then you got a quarterback there or a coach there that's going to put him in the best uh, possible spot for him. So I just love that he's in a good a good home. Uh, I think his athletic ability is going to be uh, what the 49ers really need in that offense, kind of to get Kittle – uh, less targets and also uh, kind of just help move that offense along as well. I I do like the Debo pick there. That's a good one, and I think um, that that whole offense is going to be so much better uh, this year. So I guess that would come to me. This is going to be a bit of a stretch or maybe a shocker. Um, I'm actually going with Noah Fant. Hmm. I know over TJ Hawkinson um, just because of the landing spot. Um, Stafford's never been a guy that's really thrown to the tight end too much, and he did have Ebron. Uh, Flacco loves to throw to the tight end. I think if it goes from Flacco to Drew Locke, there won't be a huge drop-off in arm strength. This is all just about landing for me personally. What do you guys think? No, I think I I still have Hawkinson higher, Um, and part of it is just a a philosophy that I have personally where – I tend to not change my ranks a ton based on landing spot. I'm a big believer that in the end, talent will win out. Um, And so I had Hawkinson higher before. And so unless he went to a terrible, terrible landing spot, I was going to still have Hawkinson above. And so that's just kind of a nuance for me. Um, I like to to rely on what I saw pre-draft and try not to let the post-draft sway me a crazy amount. Obviously, it has to play a role. If you say it plays no role, you're an idiot. But um, I try not to let it sway me a ton. So for me, it would still be Hawkinson, purely because I had him ahead before the draft. Here's another way to think about it, too. Shevin, chime in on this, then. I feel like Noah Fant's not going to have as much competition because Jake Butt right about now should be tearing something in one of his legs, whereas Detroit has Jesse James that they did sign to a pretty big contract. So... Do you think he has a kind of a clearer path to getting on the field now and staying on the field? Yeah, I think Noah Noah Font has a good chance to definitely start week one and be able to take those targets away. Uh, but I, like Garrett said, I still have T.J. Hawkinson above him. 
but you bring up a good point about the uh, tight ends that they brought in uh, this summer. So I really think um, you brought up a really good point. So it might drop them down a little bit for me, but I still have TJ Hawkinson uh, high up on my board as well. So. so I think either way, if you take one of these two guys in your first round, you're going to be doing okay for, for a long time to come with your tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett, we're going to be at 1-7 now, so we are back to you. Um, here I get to uh, – Shevin made my life a little bit easier because I'm having a really tough time this season separating out my love for uh, Debo and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Uh, I have them mm-hmm. ranked both pretty close. So the fact that he took Debo makes it super easy for me to take J.J. I think he is a great fit in that offense. I think he'll be able to do everything and, and maybe even more at some point than Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think when you see how he – is able to just box guys out, high point the football. I, I absolutely love his game. I think it's a very good offense to be in. I think it's an offense that's going to put up a lot of points as long as Carson Wentz can stay healthy. And so I'm thrilled about him going to Philly. I'm sure you are as well, Mike. So I think very, it's going to be – Very happy. Yeah, I think it's going to be good things in the future for him and Miles Sanders both. So, you know, while you're talking about Carson Wentz staying healthy, I do want to make one point um, – I know a lot of people are saying he's injury prone. He was in college. He did play every game his first year. He tore his ACL on a play he shouldn't have made the year they won the Super Bowl. And last year, that line did him no justice. Um, he's going to be back with a vengeance. I think that they they built up their line pretty well in the offseason. So he's going to be good, and there's going to be another parade down Broad Street. So, Shevin, uh, we're going back to you with the 1-8. Yeah, so with the 1-8, really debating between two players right here. Um, But I think I'm going to go with Paris Campbell. I really love him having uh, Andrew Luck there. I think he's going to learn a lot from uh, Hilton as well. So I really think uh, Campbell can uh, be that threat down the middle that they could uh, really use him for the speed and also just uh, maybe some quick screens that can get him uh, open in space. So I really think it's going to help out – also in the run game as well. So I think Paris Campbell can do – he's a jack-of-all-trades, I think. I think he can do a lot of with his speed. So I really look uh, to him to kind of be one of the guys that kind of breaks out early in his career with uh, luck. So, Garrett, we had just talked about Paris Campbell. Do you think 1-8 is too high for him, or is that a good spot? Um, that's on the front end of where I would take him, but I have no issue there. It's, it's solely when I see him go ahead of – uh, white side and going ahead of Debo that I have issue with. After that, I have I have no problem if you want to take Paris Campbell next. The upside in the Colts offense is, is huge. Uh, Andrew Luck has gotten a lot out of T.Y. Hilton over the years, and Paris Campbell has the same type of talent that he does. And, and uh, somebody, I don't remember who it was, it might have been, been Matt that was talking about on the Dynasty Nerds pod, um, but you know he, he has that Tyreek Hill type of upside. Um, not not the off the field stuff, the on the field stuff. Um, so I mean, the upside is there, and so especially at the end of the first round in a draft that's not super strong, I have no problem banking on upside. Okay, um, I do like Paris Campbell. Um, I think he's going to do great in Indianapolis. So um, I think that comes back to me now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to stick with tight end. Just going off my list, I have uh, T.J. Hawkinson next. Um, now I get to contradict myself, but I think he is a good spot. 
he can block. He could stay on the field all three downs. I am curious to see how that dynamic is going to play out with Jesse James being there. And they did sign him to a big contract. So is Patricia going to kind of try to do the two tight end thing like New England did? I guess only time will tell. But what do you guys think? Is Hawkinson a, a day one starter or should we kind of tread with caution with him? I think he's a day one starter. Uh, I think they actually even already came out and said that he was going to be their starting tight end this year. So um, I, I don't have any issue. I, I mean, I love the pick. And I don't have any issues if you think that even in a redraft you want to take him. I think he will be one of the rare cases of a tight end producing uh, in his rookie year. He just does everything so well, and he's not going to come off the field. There are no concerns with this blocking. He's one of the better blocking tight ends to come out in a while. So I I love the pick, and if you hadn't taken him, I was going to try to find a way to get an extra pick and come back and take him. So You could take as many picks as you want. I mean, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, Shevin, uh, what are your thoughts on Hawkinson? Yeah, he's uh, my tight end one for me in this rookie draft. Like Garrett said, he's a guy that's going to be on the field most of the game. I, you don't really have to take him out uh, for for blocking purposes. He's a good wide receiver. He's got good hands. And I think he's going to be a guy that maybe doesn't take away all the red zone targets from Kenny Galladay, but I think he's going to uh, bite into a couple of those. So definitely interested to see how the, they use him, though. All right, so we got our second tight end off the board, and Garrett, it's back to you. All right, so I got one pick left, and I'm going to make it count. Uh, the guy that was actually my 1-1 pre-draft, uh, he had to slide down the board a little bit with, with some good landing spots of everybody else and him being in a, in a really bad landing spot overall, and that's A.J. Brown. Um, mm. When you look at his – route running when you look at all of the different things that he's been able to do on the field whether it's from the slot position whether it's lining up on the outside I mean he does he does so many things really really well um, one of the safest floors of anybody in the draft but obviously his his ceiling is capped but the, here's the thing that I love this is put up or shut up for Marcus Mariota this year this is the last year of his deal so he, he either balls out has a great year or they're finding a new quarterback. And either way, I think that's good news for A.J. Brown. So when I see people having him slip down, you know, if I can get him at 110 in my drafts, I'm going to be super excited because I think he still deserves to be in that 6-7-8 conversation. And people have been scared off by the Titans, and, and somewhat rightfully so. But, I, but let's make sure that we have the long view of this and not just, oh, my gosh, 2019 might be scary. Because it might. But long term he's going to return great investment on that draft capital. So like you, I was pretty upset when AJ Brown got drafted by the Titans for two reasons. It's wide receiver purgatory number two, right after the Ravens. And I have a bunch of shares of Adam Humphreys too. So, you know, they're kind of a similar skill set. but like you said, long-term in five years, he could be catching passes from, I don't know, someone else. Pick a quarterback that's in college right now. It could even be Tannehill for all we know. Not that that's much better. Um, I don't know how Shevin feels. Maybe he was upset that A.J. Brown went to Tennessee too. How are you feeling on draft night? I was so upset. I wanted to cry for all night, man. I was so upset. <laughs> man, Is we talked about on our last episode, uh, why receiver going to Baltimore and how bad I thought it was going to be. 
But then I didn't realize how bad I was going to feel when a wide receiver went to Tennessee that I loved. And so it really did hurt. But, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Mariota could come in and ball out. And that running game, who knows if Derrick Henry comes in and balls out as well. I mean, that could really help the pass game as well. So, I mean, I'm not 100% sure on what that offense is going to look like. But I still love A.J. Brown. I mean, if you can get him this late in the draft, I mean, I think that's a steal. He was my 1-1 going into the draft. And he just ended up slipping on my board just because of the landing spot. I can tell you what it's going to look like. I stepped in it today when I was picking up my daughter, and I had to <laughs> hose it off my shoe when I got home. So speaking of doo-doo, um, Shevin, if you want to take DK Metcalf, now you are up. You sure you know what? Why not? Let me take DK Metcalf. Let's go for it. I'll, I'll ride with it. Yeah, are you, you, really, you really want to take him here? I mean, I was just kidding. No, I'll ride with it. I'm not okay. taking him here. Not too bad. He, he's going to own it. I love it. Yeah, I'll take it. So, I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot in Seattle. We already know this. Uh, we talked about the contract that uh, Russell Wilson got last last episode and how the 40 touches the running backs are going to get. So, uh, he might not get all the opportunity, but just think if Doug Baldwin is out, there goes uh, Russell Wilson's safety blanket to me. I think um, he's a guy that can be a deep threat down the field for him. I think Metcalf has all the talent in the world. Um, I mean, it could pay off or it could be a boom or bust for you. So definitely think Metcalf has some talent. It's just if he's on the field and it uh, just depends on what that week's looking like. If they're down by a couple points and they need a guy to make a stretch down the field and make a big play, why not throw it to DK Metcalf, you know what I'm saying? Well, I completely agree. And, you know, everybody had been kind of hyping him. He's he's a 1-1 talent, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was just kind of, eh, he's a one-trick pony. Yeah. And then when he got drafted by Seattle, I kind of went, okay, I can see that. You know, I mean, Russell the Love Muscle can get him the ball down the field. That is my nickname for Russell Wilson, in case anybody wants to know. You heard it here first, everybody. So that is trademarked, just like Price Check. Garrett, trademark that. I'm getting off track. Uh, <laughs> they are going to run the ball a lot. He's going to throw it down the field, and he's kind of a Kyler Murray type guy as far as smaller, but he's got a heck of an arm, and that is exactly what DK needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, uh, I guess it's back to me now, and this is going to be kind of a weird one because it was not even close to our first round mock at all. I'm taking Dwayne Haskins. Whoa. I've, uh, yeah. okay. I, I, I know, but I'm going to own this one. This dude now has a chip on his shoulder. And as an Eagles fan, the Redskins have been whooping. You know, they've been our whipping post for the last couple of years. I'm not looking forward to playing the Redskins now. He's pissed off. The Giants took Daniel Jones at six. Six. When Haskins was on the board, the better quarterback was on the board. He's going to be angry. They gave him a lot of weapons. Once Darius Geis comes back, when you have Geis and Bryce Love on the field at the same time and all these new wideouts that they have, this is going to be a dangerous offensive team to play against. What do you guys think about it? Uh, so my issue isn't as much with the player because I agree with what you're saying. Um, the problem that I would have – because, I, like I said earlier, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I loved watching him. I think he's – a very complete quarterback. He he does a lot of the things really well. He's got a really good arm, very good accuracy. He's still maturing. I mean, he was only a redshirt sophomore, so there's a lot of room to grow. However, 
part of it is just the philosophy of one quarterback leagues. Um, there's probably a couple other players that I would much rather gamble on. And granted, it's a gamble um, than, than Dwayne Haskins at this point. Um, and then you also have the debate of, is he better for fantasy than Kyler Murray? And I think that's also a valid question too. So I, saying all that though, if he's your boy and you think that he is the best quarterback in this class and will be a top 10 quarterback for years to come, then it's a good pick. But if you don't think that, then I think I think it's a reach. Well, he's not my boy. Carson Wentz is my boy. That's but true. <laughs> what I'm thinking about here, if it was redraft or best ball, I'm going to go Kyler Murray all day. But we're talking dynasty. And Kyler's smaller. The offense that they run, is this going to be a flash in the pan? I feel like Dwayne Haskins is the better NFL quarterback. And he may not have years where he outscores Kyler Murray. But he could have a longer career, and that means that over the course of his career, he's either going to get you more points or going to get you better draft capital. And I think Shevin, being the Oklahoma fan, could probably chime in on that a little bit better since you've watched a lot of Kyler Murray, probably more than myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kyler Murray, I uh, got to watch him for one season. Uh, he's really good. He can. He, one of the best things about him, I mean – he can run with the football as well. I mean, we can look at Dak Prescott. We don't think he's the best passing quarterback, but usually he's in the top 12 quarterbacks just because of his rushing and his rushing touchdowns. So definitely think Kyler isn't going to run as much just because of his smaller stature, but he can definitely chunk it down the field as well. I love uh, that they went and got him some uh, wide receivers. You got Hakeem Butler, a guy that I loved uh, going into the draft. For some reason, he fell. But you got Andy Isabella. He's a little speedy guy that can get open, and he's got good hands. So definitely think they did a good job of getting him the wide receivers. Um, not sure what the offensive line is going to look like. They didn't really touch that up too much uh, in the draft, but who knows. But I think Kyler Murray, he's, got a, he's a guy with a cannon. He's got quick feet. He's fast. Uh, he's got great accuracy as a quarterback. Um, taking him this early probably not for me but um i think i would still have him ahead of dwayne haskins but i do love the landing spot for dwayne haskins i think he's gonna help my guys stocks well fun fact did you know that i hate Dak prescott i don't know if anybody was aware of that i mean you you're an eagles fan <laughs> yeah i would, I would expect it. i, I kind of have to <laughs> yeah so wait wait um, wait hold up though hold up though what? before before we move any further are, are you are you stealing an extra pick Probably. I mean, I, I do what I want. Uh, so is Al- <laughs> Madison's going to come off the board? Alexander right Madison, I, it's a redraft. I'm, we're starting over. 1-1, <laughs> Alexander Madison off the board to me. Uh, no, what I was going to ask you was, how do you feel about my boy Zeke then? Because he's also a Buckeye, and he's also one of the best running backs in the league. I, I feel like he should wear shirts that cover his torso. Wow, that was the, that was the <laughs> old man take. That's what Seriously, you. That's what you just on, did. Man. You you know I'm older than you guys, right? That's true. Like, I, I cut my grass in sweatpants and admire it afterwards. And they're not the <laughs> nice sweatpants either. They're the ones that bunch up at the bottom by your sneakers. There you go. And they were they were four dollars, and I'm proud of that. Um, I hate Zeke as an Eagles fan. As a fantasy player, I will gladly have him on my team there we any go. day. There we um, go. It's it's one of those things where 
when my team's playing against them, and you're the same way. Like it's um, true with the Steelers or the Ravens or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. You know, when you're playing the Steelers, you want everybody to get injured. But when you're trying to win money, you want James Conner to run for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. So that's the hard balance of fandom and playing fantasy football. Um, I personally don't own any shares of Zeke, and not because I didn't want him, because I was never in a position to get him. Sure. He was always gone before I was able uh, to grab him. So, Or uh, there was one circumstance where I could have gotten him, but I took McCaffrey instead. And he did go the next pick. Sure. So uh, I, I just felt like McCaffrey, for the way I wanted to build that particular team, was better. Uh, but did you have a 13th pick that you wanted to take, Garrett? Because you had mentioned that previously. Oh, no. I was just going to say if Hawkinson didn't go, it would be a travesty. And he would need to go in, in the first round. But but he went, so we're good. Okay. Um, all right. So that's our, our rookie redraft, 1 through 12. And uh, to reiterate, we went Jacobs. David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Nikhil Harry, Debo Samuel, Noah Fant, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Paris Campbell, T.J. Hawkinson, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Dwayne Haskins. So I was kind of uh, letting it all hang out there on my 10th uh, pick. So it looks like uh, we lost Shevin temporarily here. Uh, hopefully he's going to get back on with us in a couple minutes. Um, but until then, we could start our... What we're going to do, obviously, because we're the Dynasty Rewind, um, I put a Twitter poll up, and I just picked three draft classes. 2015, 2016, and 2017. And, of course, I think everybody looked it up, and they picked the absolute worst draft class. Um, we actually couldn't do a 12-team draft out of uh, the 2015. That was what was selected. There was only 10 skill players picked. Um so we had to do the first and second round. Garrett, do you think I should read down the players that we have just so that people know who gets left out? Now, now let me ask this question clarification because Mike's smarter than I am, and so I need to make sure that I, that I know what I'm doing. Now, I'm not smarter. I just married well. Let's put that out there. <laughs> are we allowed to take anybody that was drafted in this draft class, or are we only limited to the first and second round? Um. I mean, I just did first and second round to make it easy, but you could take whoever you want. If there's somebody later that you like, um, by all means, go ahead. Okay. See? See? The the price is right, Bob. Or Garrett, (laughs) I should say. Um, So let's see here. It was going to go. Okay, so we're going to rewind it. So we're just going to kind of flip the order over. Hopefully, Shevin gets back on soon. Haven't heard from him yet. Uh, he uh, just texted gonna... me. He's having some some laptop issues, so might be a two-man show from here on out, but uh, we wish him the best with all of his technical issues. There are his taps playing in the background. I don't know where that came from, but there it is. But that's okay. Uh, Garrett and I can hold the fort down. Uh, so we're going to rewind it. It's going to go start with me, and uh, I should probably read who was taken first, shouldn't I, Garrett? Do it. Do you want, do you want their draft position, too, so people know where they were taken? If you want to. I have to. that here. All right, so 1-1 uh, one, one was Jameis Winston, quarterback, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1-2, Marcus Mariota, quarterback, Tennessee Titans. 1-4, Amari Cooper, wide receiver, Oakland Raiders. 1-7, Kevin White, wide receiver, Chicago Bears. 1-10, Todd Gurley, running back, St. Louis Rams. It is weird saying St. Louis Rams. <laughs> uh, one fourteen, Devontae Parker, wide receiver, Miami Dolphins. 115, Melvin Gordon. 
I'm not going to read their positions. I think we all know who they are. Uh, 120 was Nelson Aguilar. 126, Brashad Perriman. 129, Philip Dorsett. And that was it for the first round. So going into the second round, 204 was TJ Yeldon. 205 was Devin Smith. Um, and if you don't know who he is, he was a wide receiver for the Jets. And the Buckeyes. 208. That's right, and the Buckeyes. 208, the beloved Dorio Green Beckham. Uh, and a lot of people are going to say who he was a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. And then unfortunately for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, 209, Devin Funches, 222, a guy who I loved and had so much upside, Amir Abdullah. And then 223, Max Williams. So that is who we have to pick from. So when we're doing this draft, what I talked to Garrett about and Chevin as well, uh, we're going to, draft based on what we know and i'm going to blow everyone's mind with the one one i'm taking melvin gordon Ooh. so go ahead garrett tell me why i'm wrong no i it's a it's a hot take but if we're doing it today knowing what we know some of those injury concerns are very real and so it i think you could go either way on it but i i don't blame you i it would be a coin flip for me okay um, Shevin, are we back on? I think I saw you pop up here. Oh, he's on. I don't know hello, hello. Going. Oh, there he is. Hey, oh, I'm Shev. Back. Hey, welcome back. We missed you. A little rewind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that sounds like? That sounds like the putties from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Yes. Like, why did they? They only attacked one at a time. Why don't they just uh, attack? Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so, Shevin, uh, we are into our rewind mock right now. I just made my first pick, and that was Mel Gordon. So, you are up if you're ready, sir. So, just to clarify, um, are we going off of production or what they what they can do now, starting now? This is what we know from the time we were drafted. Injury, production, whatever. Whatever we know, that's what we're drafting off of. Okay. So I still think I'm going to take uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, he's a great, talented back. He's a guy that is definitely going to uh, stay. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a guy that can definitely win you leagues. So I think that's very exciting. I think if you want to find a guy that can uh, be your workhorse back and can lead you to a championship, I think this is the guy that you want to have. Um Melvin Gordon and Gurley both have injury history a little bit, so uh, definitely a tie-up between both of them. But I think Gurley is a guy that's going to be uh, a leading back to win you some championships. I think most we could say most running backs have some sort of injury concern, um, but you you got to take the known production. So uh, one three, Garrett, you are on the clock, sir. So I am already in the in the with the third pick. Jumping out of round one, out of round two, jumping out of round three, and I'm forgetting about round four, and I'm moving all the way to the fifth round of the NFL draft, folks, to get the one and the only Stefan Diggs. Okay. Uh, he he uh, fell. I shouldn't say he fell. He was kind of a little bit of an unknown. He was a wide receiver out of Maryland at the time. Um, didn't have a lot of buzz coming out. People weren't really talking about him. He wasn't necessarily this physical freak like you know Doyle Green Beckham was or uh, Kevin White was sorry Chevin um, you know he wasn't he wasn't one of those guys in this draft um, 
but we see now that he had a ton of production and uh, just really, really flourished in Minnesota. And so it, it was tough to pass on Cooper because I like Cooper a lot, um, but I would probably take Stefan Diggs. I mean, I I feel bad for only looking at the first two rounds now, but um, yeah, great pick there based on production and based on looking at the rest of this atrocious draft. Um, I can't blame you for going all the way to the fifth round there. Um <laughs> uh, so, okay, well, with the 1-4, then that makes it pretty easy for me. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. Um, seemed to have a case of the drop season in Oakland, but playing in Dallas looks like it really revitalized them. And a lot of people are saying he's playing with a better quarterback. I don't know if Dak Prescott is that much of an upgrade over Derek Carr. I think they're kind of similar. I think Dak Prescott's maybe a little bit more mobile, um, but the Raiders were kind of a disaster last year anyway. So I think it was better for Amari to just move on. Um, I'm personally not buying a ton of shares of his because I really think that Michael Gallup is the future in Dallas. Um, I mean, hopefully the future in Dallas is going 0-16 every year. And if you're a Cowboys fan listening, well, tough. Um, so, <laughs> Shevin, we're back to you with 1-5. Dallas fans, by the way, he does live on Washington Avenue, just saying. <laughs> you know what I'll, I'll clarify it my aunt is a dallas fan so i let her in my house that's fine and there's there's a three washington avenues in the town i live in just for the record because it's all broken up so there's that for making maps good job northampton but um chevin you are on the clock so who do you have next so at number five i'm gonna go with the guy that's in arizona i'm gonna go with david johnson and i'm gonna david I johnson love- David Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I really love David Johnson. He's a guy that uh, I traded for when he got injured in my home dynasty league. I really love what he can do with the football. He's a guy that could possibly go for a thousand and a thousand receiving and uh, rushing yards. So I really hope um, he definitely gets the opportunity to get more rushes that aren't right up the middle this season. I think uh, with uh, Kingsbury's offense, I think he's going to have a great asset in uh, David Johnson. I think it's really going to hopefully make this offense flourish. Uh, definitely, when you go to the Cardinals games, man, it's more of a visiting game for them rather than a home game. So hopefully this can uh, spark some fandom uh, in Arizona as well. So, you know, that that brings me to a good question. When we talk about other leagues, are we talking home league or league of record? Would league of record be a league that the three of us play in, I would imagine? I would think so, which yeah, is only so, which is only one at this point, right? Which is only one. Mm-hmm. And are you guys making my trophy now? <laughs> oh, you're we're still cute. waiting for the draft to end. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's right. That's is that's the super slow draft, right? That one's definitely slow. It's it's going to be a fun one because it's a bunch of guys that it's for the most part their first time playing Dynasty. Outside of the three of us, I think there's only one or two other guys that have oh, played really? dynasty before yeah so it's it's a bunch of newbies but it's honestly it's a bunch of guys i was like hey you're my friend i want you in my league and so that's basically okay. what it is also um i need to pay you for that so we'll get together yeah, after the show no i whatever how much oh, yeah. is it 10 bucks yeah it's really expensive okay I'm, it's, it's I'm a very make... high rollers um it, unless you're a baller you can't be in this league Listen, I will spend $30 to mail you all pennies. 
okay? <laughs> Just for the, the freight cost alone. <laughs> so I don't even want to hear it. Uh, uh, who's even up now? Uh, it's me. It's you. All right, Gary, you're up with one six. All right, so this is where it really drops off in this draft. Um, so if I have to choose, I'm going to go with Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman, it looked like getting drafted, he was going to be the guy in Atlanta. And that same season, all of a sudden, Devonta Freeman comes out and decides, hey, I'm really good. And he ended up getting relegated to the backup role and uh, ended up being the 1B to his 1A for the most part. Finally got his chance this season and didn't do as much with it as people had hoped. Uh, He was a great dynasty stash for a lot of people, and it hasn't really panned out so far. And then his value dropped even more when he decided to sign with a team that already has 4 million running backs. So uh, it's really interesting to see what's going to end up happening with him. Uh, But in a weak class, uh, that's kind of where I had to turn. So, Garrett, don't hold me to this uh, because it was four years ago and I was 30 when this happened. But um, I think if memory serves me correctly, Tevin Coleman was the starter and he got hurt. I think he got a concussion. Yep. Um, And then Freeman came in and just kind of blew everybody out of the water. I remember I I drafted Devonta Freeman in in a redraft league late. I think I finished third or fourth. So I finished somewhere in the money. I don't know, whatever. Who cares about redraft anyway? Um, (laughs) But just so people know, it's just fascinating if you think about it. Devonta Freeman was supposed to be the backup. Now he is the one with the big contract in Atlanta. And Tevin Coleman's with another team. So it's just weird how those things work out. Kind of like the Robert Griffin, Kirk Cousins thing. It's kind of similar. Um, okay, so we were at Tevin Coleman. I think that brings it up to me then. Um, I'm going to take a guy who was also drafted to be a starter, I believe, if memory serves me correctly, um, and he was a second-round pick out of Alabama, and that's TJ Yeldon. Mm. Uh, he, he could kind of do a little bit of everything. See, I only stuck to the first two rounds, so forgive me, everybody. Um, he could. He's one of those guys to me. He does a little bit of everything. He doesn't do anything great. But he could he could win you some games. Who cares about in the real world? He could win you fantasy games. Um, how are you feeling about TJ Yeldon at one seven? I think it's a I think it's a good pick. I mean, at this point, we're we're looking at backups and um, third stringers and stuff in this class. It it was definitely a top heavy draft. So I mean, he's got you know as much value as just about anybody else that's left at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so one eight, and that goes to you, Shevin. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with a guy that's in Seattle right now. I'm gonna go with uh, old Tyler Lockett. I really love what he did last season. Uh, he's a great speedy guy that can get down the field, and he's a guy that can get open when uh, Russell runs around in the pocket. Um, he's not a big guy, but he's a guy that. He's not going to get you a lot of catches, but he he was a big touchdown guy last season, so uh, it's really exciting if you get a lot more points for touchdowns. Uh, But I think he's a good good target for Wilson. I think he's going to do big things next season as well. Yeah, I like the one-two punch that they have out there now of Lockett and Metcalf. Um, Mm -hmm. They're definitely going to stretch the field when they're not running the ball 50 to 60 times a game. 
so with the one nine, looks like we are back up to you, Garrett. Okay. So this is where it gets ugly. Yeah. No, this is where he goes to the supplemental draft held in June and picks somebody out. <laughs> I mean, was this the year that Josh Gordon came out? I mean, uh, if that's the case, no, I'm not uh, gonna cheat. Uh, I don't remember what year it came out. I actually think it was 14, though. Anyway, I think what didn't he come out when uh, Justin Blackman came out? Wasn't that the same year? It might have been I the thought? same draft, yeah. So I, I do want to say it was 14. I do want to say it was 14. Anyway, okay. Uh, re- regardless of that, uh, here I'm gonna pivot a little bit, and I'm gonna take the top quarterback, and I'm gonna take Jameis Winston. Uh, oh, I love he's... the new off. What stole my next guy? <laughs> he stole him right from me. I'm inevitable. Uh, so yeah, Jameis Winston love the new offense. He's obviously had some ups and downs with how he's played, uh, and sometimes he's gained the job, lost the job, gained the job, lost the job. Uh, but if if there's any time, place, scenario, coach, situation that he could succeed, it's this one right here. So I'm I'm hoping for a. Uh, a top 10 fantasy production year out of Jameis Winston this season. My only concern with him is the turnovers. That, sure. That's it. But but like you said, Arians is the guy who can – he could turn it around for sure. No risk it, um, no biscuit. Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, Winston's obviously a guy who's shown that he'll they'll throw it down the field. So uh, with the 110, I guess uh, I'm, I'm going to take Marcus Mariota just – because it's either him or yeah. So <laughs> um, I, I remember a lot of people wanted him to come to Philadelphia and he was going to be the guy to run Chip Kelly's offense. He was going to be perfect. And I'm just really glad the way things actually worked out. And um, also people ask me when I thought that Chip Kelly should have gotten fired. The exact time was halftime. The Thanksgiving Day day. Thanksgiving Day game, sorry, I can't talk, against Detroit. That's when Chip Kelly should have gotten fired. Um, in case anyone remembers that game, they were quite handily defeated by the Detroit Lions. So uh, anybody have any thoughts on Marcus Mariota? He has no feeling in his arms, maybe some of his other extremities. I mean, he's got the chance to ball out this season. They, they put everything around him. Hopefully he can figure it out and just get after it this season, or he's going to be getting after it on a different team. On the bench. You know, and it always fascinates me, too, when they're talking about, like, oh, well, this guy, he could leave and he could be a starter somewhere else, but there's only 32 starting jobs in the NFL. And it's like, it's not very often that, like, you were a starter and they're like, well, we like this guy better. The last time I could really remember was um, when Tim Tebow got shoved out the door for Peyton Manning. Well, so, yeah. you know, well, obviously, I mean, for Peyton Manning, but, you know, it's just how it is. So, um, all right, so with the 111, I think we are back to Shevin now. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the guy with the Philadelphia Eagles, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to put up wide receiver one numbers. He could give you a wide receiver two a week every once in a while, uh, but he's a guy that – He's going to be there. He's going to get you some points. Uh, don't know where he fits right now in that offense, but I uh, really like he's one of the better guys that we had left to pick from, so I just went with Nelson Aguilar. It's pretty bad when we have to say he's just he's better than the rest of this garbage that we have on the list. See, everybody <laughs> missed one, and I got the sleeper pick. 
Okay, well, Garrett, please do not keep us in suspense anymore with the 112. You know, I might just not even tell people. Like, I just might not even. It's just a, it's just a mystery pick. Like, you got to figure it out. Guess who it yeah, is? Yeah, but the point, the point of the podcast is to talk. That's what we do. Yeah, but you know what? You know, I'm not, I'm not into social constructs. You know, let's just do our own thing. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take Tyler Lockett at the 112 pick. He was. Uh-oh. He was already taken at price at check. He's already been picked. Wait, he got taken? <laughs> yeah, how did I miss eight. that? <laughs> well, I don't know. What were you doing? Wasn't man. paying attention to what I was saying. Apparently, yeah. Shevin took Wait, him. Shevin, you eight. took him? Yeah, man. Son of a gun! <laughs> Seriously, how did I miss that? I'd like to take a point and say that Devontae Parker is still available. Oh man! So now, I now, some Funches. Oh man, Funches and Bunches. Um. Well, this really threw a wrench in my plans. How did I? Oh, Shady McCoy. I can't. I can't get over the fact that I missed this. Um. Well, shoot. All right, give me, give me current and soon to be former Cleveland Brown Duke Johnson. Um. He has been uh, a very solid RB three for uh, this is what year three or four um, that he's been with the Cleveland Browns. He's done everything that's asked of him but he's never really gotten that chance to be the guy in the offense i don't know that he ever will um there is still you know the outside chance that a tampa bay that a houston could could come calling depending on how things work out but at this point it looks like he's going to remain with the cleveland browns uh in a complimentary role and that role is going to diminish even more once kareem hunt gets there so uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with him but at this point uh, he's uh, at least in a PPR league. He'll get me something. Yeah, I like I like Duke Johnson too. I honestly, I don't know why he wants to trade. I mean, I understand that Kareem Hunt's there, but I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to be a long term Brown. Personally, I think he's a one year guy and he's gone somewhere else. So, um, I think in the future there would be a spot available for Duke Johnson if he wanted to be there. But it doesn't look like that he does. Um, so talking about spots, I actually forgot to squeeze this in earlier, and I apologize. Um, Garrett, you were talking about ADP that JWAC was doing. Um, I'm noticing in some of my drafts, I don't know about you guys, we've been hearing for months that the 2020 gra- class is the cream of the crop. People are throwing 2020 picks around like nothing to move up into the you know, in startups like the fifth, sixth, seventh round, they're like, I'll give you a 2020 first for this pick. And it's like, you do realize that there's going to be some outstanding talents in the 2020 first round. Um, Shevin, let's start with you. Have you noticed any of this lately in any of your drafts? Uh, I haven't seen too much of this, but last season in uh, my home league, I ended up getting some 2020 first round picks for uh, kind of cheap. So, I think one of the trades was I got Kenny Galladay and a first. Uh, can't remember exactly who for, but I mean I was super excited to get a young wide receiver, and then also hearing about this 2020 first class, uh, I was super excited to get that pick thrown in as well. So, uh, but I haven't seen too much in my leagues, uh, but like you said, I have been hearing it, I've been seeing it on the Facebook pages of Dynasty Nerds and stuff like that. So, definitely something that's going on out there. Well, how about uh, Mr. Price Check? I know you're in a couple nice long slow drafts right now. That well, actually, we're both in them. Um, have you gotten any trade offers for 2021st to move up or move around? Yeah, I'm. First of all, uh, I I probably should use this time 
maybe as like a confessional uh, because I'm a degenerate and I'm in <laughs> way too many leagues uh, and I have a hard time saying no apparently. So currently I'm drafting four startup leagues and Ooh. three rookie drafts all at the same time. Yikes. Uh, so that was wow. poor planning and uh, overcommitment on my part. And uh, yeah, so that being said, I've seen a lot of trades and a lot of movement and I have been a little bit surprised uh, with how much hype this class has gotten. All the trades that have that have happened with 2020 picks, I've seen them uh, even used in later rounds uh, to trade, you know, okay, give me your, you know, pick 10 and 12 and I'll give you a 1-1 for it or, or uh, I'll give you a 2021st for it. So I am surprised. I think part of it is, yes, you definitely want to capitalize on proven talent in your startup drafts, but it they're being used a little more uh, frequently than I would have naturally expected. So it's interesting to see how people value it when it comes to players that are already established in the league. However, I think as soon as the 2019 season starts and a team starts going 0-2, 0-3, they're going to be selling the farm for this class. And from what I've seen, rightfully so. Yeah, uh, one thing that makes me happy is in my home league, I have two 2021sts, and one of them belongs to my brother-in-law, and he keeps telling me that he wants that pick back. And I tell him, if you make me a good offer, maybe I'll think about it. But um, spoiler alert, I am not selling that pick to anybody. That is all mine, and it's all spite. So... uh we are going to rewind a little bit now, and Garrett has some lovely information. This day in NFL history, why don't you give us some history here, Garrett? Well, you know what? I was going to give it, but you know what? I actually want to take this moment to bestow this great honor on my boy, Shevin Nooney, because he's more of a historian than I am. He's a smarter man, and don't tell him I said this, but he's better looking. So I'm going to give Shevin, do you have it in front of you or no? I do not, but give me one second. Okay, I I, see, I, I try. I was hoping like the intro lead up would be long enough to like give you a chance <laughs> to do it, but uh, clearly, clearly, your your fellow co-host has failed you in that sense. So I apologize, Shevin. Well, I, I thought you were going to talk a little more. Job. I thought you were going to talk a little more about my handsomeness, but <laughs> it didn't last very long. We don't have that much time, Shevin. We do have a. <laughs> we do want to keep it under wraps here at some point. Yeah, but so I got it pulled up now. So uh, this day, uh, last year, May 3rd, uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, re-signed Matt Ryan for $30 million per season. I believe it was, looks like a five-year contract. So uh, this is just kind of the trend of the virus, or the quarterbacks getting, their, getting money, uh, getting paid for their uh, great success in the league. Uh, nowadays, we're seeing guys go for crazy amount of money. Uh, definitely deserved, but... I think the quarterback position is a highly touted position, but I think these guys are taking a lot of money from uh, what could be building better rosters and stuff like that. So I think this is kind of where uh, the money kind of blew up, and that's where the quarterbacks started getting a lot more money than kind of what they deserve a little bit. Yeah, he was the first so, ever to get $30 million per season, which is a crazy number. So correct me if I'm wrong too, but I think Matt Ryan was one of the last first round quarterbacks to get the big payday. 
And then the year after he was drafted, they started putting the cap in place where first-round players only make this, second-round players yeah. only make that to kind of prevent the holdouts. And But now I see people are holding out for, like, wording and contracts and years and stuff like that. But, of mm-hmm. course, years equals money. Um, so you're welcome for that tidbit, everybody. Um, Shevin, great job. Thank you. Uh, Garrett, also same to you. We're going to go to some listener questions now. Let me pull it up here. And we're going to start with Shevin. We're going to give this to you as the Oklahoma fan. And this is from Will, and he is at WillXGandy. Is Kyler a good pick now that Rosen is out? Uh, Yeah, I think we definitely expected the Cardinals to possibly move Rosen. Uh, definitely would have liked to see them move him before the draft, maybe get a little more. Uh, but... Getting Rosen or getting away Rosen definitely moves in a spot for Kyler Murray to step up and be the starting quarterback. Uh, he can definitely throw the ball. Uh, he can definitely uh, use his legs also to keep him running. Definitely wouldn't pick him uh, possibly in your first round of your drafts, uh, but for a one QB league, I definitely could see you taking him around QB 12 to 15 maybe because he's got a lot of upside, but. I would definitely wouldn't be picking uh, him before Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, and all those guys. I mean, those guys are just a different, different talent. They're just uh, amazing leaders, and they're amazing, uh, amazing passers. They're great leaders, so definitely wouldn't take them before them. So, on the topic of the uh, Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray, are you buying Josh Rosen right now, or if you have him, are you selling? I mean, personally, I have a my home league. I'm trying to get Josh Rosen right now because I think he could be a good spot start, good um, bye week start guy. Yeah, he's a guy that he's going to definitely give you a couple good starts. Uh, he's not a guy that I would definitely pay, be paying a lot for. Uh, super flex wise, I would definitely be trying to get him for cheap if you possibly could because uh, I think Miami's more in a rebuild mode kind of uh, wide receiver wise. So I definitely think you should. Uh, definitely looking to get in him uh, and super flex if you can get him cheap 100 percent. yeah i actually uh garrett i think i picked him up in our our uh, dynasty nerds writer uh super flex league didn't i i don't remember you know what was mo- i'm in i'm in too many i can't <laughs> i can't even remember my team let alone yours yeah, I think you just made about seven draft picks in the amount of time that Shevin and i were talking to each other probably did uh, but uh i did take Josh Rosen in the eighth round, actually. So and, the, and it's uh, a super flex. So it is a super flex. Yeah, obviously, if it wasn't, I would have taken him much later. But I think he will be a starter at some point. Um, so the next question was addressed to me, and this is from Gregory. Sorry, I don't know how to say your last name, but it is at Diamond underscore one three underscore G, and he says, "Hi, Mike." Where do you usually start taking defensive players in IDP startup leagues? Um, I'm going to answer this. That all depends on the player and how your roster is shaping out. If you're weak at some spots and you're in the 11th or 12th round and Darius Leonard is available, I'm going to start taking him then. There's going to be weeks where he can outscore a wide receiver three or even, you know, depending on who they're playing, a running back two. So... Get your guy, know your your room, know the people you're drafting with, and you know if you think he's your guy and you want him, 
taken. That that's all I could say. It's like drafting any other skill position. Um, so let's see. Anything else that you guys want to add? I don't think so. Chevin? Not for me. I don't have anything. Nothing to add from the desert? Uh, okay. I believe Garrett did have something he wanted to say before we left for the day. Yep. So in our scripture uh, rewind of the week, um, we are going to be in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And so this is just a verse telling us about who Jesus is, that he was willing to come give his life for us. And in return, we also need to make sure that we're laying our life down um, for, for our fellow man. And so um, that doesn't just mean like physically actually giving up your, your life. And, 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 but, but what it's really talking about is willing to die to yourself, willing to give up your wants, your needs, your desires for those around you. And so that is our Daily Rewind verse of the week. Garrett, I thank you for that. And uh, we are going to leave it there. So, Garrett, Shevin, it's been fun. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye for now. This has been the Dynasty Rewind, the game outside the game. We'll see you next week, everybody.